We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, Mike Lynch here. Hey, and I'm Patrick Harris. You probably like baseball, which is why you're listening to this. This is the uh, Hot Corner Podcast. Well, I kind of like baseball. I guess I'll tune in. Baseball's pretty neat, so... Thanks for listening. This is brought to you by your local Les Schwab Tire Center. Doing the right thing since 1952. Woo, baseball! And now the pitch by Martinez is up and in and hits Gerald Williams on the left hand. Dig your cleats in. Now he's going to charge the mound. He's going to charge Martinez, and the fight is on. He got a right hand in before he grabbed from behind by Baratek, and now the benches are empty. It's time for Hour 2 of the Hot Corner with Patrick Harris. Yershinsky wanting to know, am I going? He is going. And Mike Lynch. It is a collision at the plate, and Yershinsky not only bangs into Barrett, bangs onto the plate, and here they go. Step up to the plate for Hour 2 of the Hot Corner. Posebnik getting into it with Barrett. I mean, there is some hooking going on in the bottom of two piles. On 1080. Solid contact right there. The fan. Welcome into the second hour of the Hot Corner. If you missed any of the first hour, you can check that out on the Les Schwab Tires podcast that you can download. iTunes, Google Play, 10athefan.com. You can also find the Beers on Us podcast that Mike and I do every single week. Uh, if you like craft beer, we dive into that. This week's uh, special will be dropped tomorrow around 4 o'clock. We're going to do... A little preview of Portland Beer Week, which is coming up next week. And uh, an exciting aspect, a little tease on that. It's also Pride Week in Portland. And uh, the LGBT... Isn't it just Pride Week in the whole country? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm just... I'm from here, so I just know Pride Week in Portland. I think it is uh, National Pride Week. Oh, that's awesome. So you mix uh, the brewing community, which is very LGBTQ friendly uh with pride week uh i think there's gonna be a huge party in portland for about 10 days uh probably yeah yeah so yep. you can check that out that'll drop around four o'clock find that wherever you get uh podcasts and we got fair or foul coming up at the bottom of the hour as well better you did text line 55305 is where you can find us i want to spend the beginning of this hour in the next 30 minutes or so uh something that i've been kind of watching a little bit and i've been kind of teasing on the air and chatting a little bit with mike uh something that i don't know if i've ever seen before in baseball there at least in the time i've been watching i have seen i lived through the uh shortstop era the miguel tejada nomar garcia par Derek cheater alex rodriguez that was really fun who you got who's your favorite I was like, I like Nomar, and everybody's like, A-Rod for sure. And it was like, he's on steroids, and the Yankees are winning World Series, so it's Jeter. But Tejada's this really cool dude in Oakland who eventually was on steroids. But that was a really fun, like, time. You remember that, right, Mike? Uh, I, I mean, do. Yeah, you're a Yankee kid. I do. I remember that very, very well. I remember the infamous Sports Illustrated cover of everybody's shirtless. Mm-hmm. Yep. And and we're seeing, you know, a few It also years- included Edgar Renteria. But- oh, that is true. 
He is a World Series MVP, and he beat my Indians in 97 when he was 19. That is true. Although he never lived up to the same potential as the other three. <laughs> Although Nomar's career also ended. Edgar Renteria won a couple World Series and was a World Series MVP, including a walk-off in a 97. That's a pretty well, good, I'm talking pretty about good his, stat line. I'm talking about his career, though. Fair. Uh, yeah, Nomar also didn't fully live up because he ended his career very early. Right, but he was cool. And he, he was, was the, cool. And he was the trade piece that got the Red Sox a World Series. With the crazy pre-at-bat, tap wrist, touch every inch of his body before standing into the batter's box. Yeah, Right, and his and if you have a Boston accent, his name was the best. Noma. 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 Uh, but, yeah, he was the piece that won them a World Series. He just didn't play for him. Yep. Uh, and then we saw a little kind of shortstop revolution a few years ago. Carlos Correa, Frankie Lindor, Xander Bogarts. You know, we've seen some of these guys. We uh, also saw the... We've been talking about this for a couple of years. The 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 young players in the game have been, it feels like exponentially better than they have in the past. Yep. All coming up at the same time. Most of them tend to have some success, if not turn into instant all-stars. Chris Bryant shows up and wins an MVP. Yep. And everybody's like, this guy, Chris Bryant, is absolutely amazing. He shows up and you're like, wow, this guy's amazing. And then they win a World Series. Yeah. So we've been seeing this, but it almost feels like this year it's different because it's, they're younger and younger than they ever have been before, and they're more ready right away than mm -hmm. they ever have been before. Usually you see guys come up at like 23, 24 years old. They're rookies, but they're good. These guys are 19, 20, 21, and they're raking. I'm looking at this And pitching well. I'm looking at this list. Mike and I made a list. I've got 16 people on this list. I mean, like, I follow baseball, and especially because I play fantasy, you're always looking for call-ups and – you know, the under-the-radar guy and, and who you want to write in. There's 16 people on here, and I would say maybe one, two, maybe three are ones that you're like, ah, wait and see. A lot of these dudes are damn near bona fide stars right now as a, as a, as a everyday, all-day baseball fan. Not as a diehard, but somebody that watches baseball. That, And I would say of those, if I take three of them out and we have 13, I would say six or seven, if not eight, have superstar Hall of Fame potential. Sure. That everyone will know in three years. Sure. Like, maybe not Mike Trout. Mike Trout's still better than all of these people, and I don't think any of them will be better than Mike Trout. But these guys have that kind of potential if not Bryce Harper fandom. Maybe that's the best way to put it, that these guys have the chance to be Bryce Harper famous. Uh, uh, maybe. I think it depends on their personality. Bryce is as famous as he is because he's good, but he's also really good personality for the game. Is he good? Debatable. But the... I'm the such a jerk. <laughs> if you want to talk about in terms of being known, mm -hmm. yeah, in terms of just baseball, then yeah, I agree that Bryce Harper could be that, what that point you... to point to. But before we get into these guys, what do you what do you attribute to why we're here? Is this just good timing? Are we just good timing right now? Or do you think I don't know if it's good timing. Cuz cuz we've seen we've seen guys being developed and more major league ready sooner than later. We've seen that kind of progress over the year. Is this just the pinnacle that we've got it or is there is there a possibility that we're kind of just in a golden age right now? I think it's more of the former. I think what I alluded to in my last point was they're just ready faster now. I don't know why that is. I don't know if it's better training when they're younger. 
Uh, I'm not sure if it has to do with farm systems being more adept at getting guys ready quicker or if scouting is that much better mm -hmm. or we're in a time where it's just I mean, saber metrics have been around for over a decade now. Maybe it's just easier to succeed if you're focused because you have everything at your fingertips if you're on one of these teams. You're no longer living in the Stone Ages where you're just kind of trying to get by and be better. Like you've got sports science and all the best health professionals and all that kind of stuff. And I know that, that doesn't all exist in the minors, but these teams have that at their disposal to give to certain highly touted prospects and, and help them improve. So I think, I mean, if we go all the way back to, I guess, the Trout Harper call-ups, since then, I mean, sure, some guys have flamed out, but everyone who's had high potential has lived up to it in some way. Yeah, for the I most mean, part. I, I mean, mean, the only one that I think of that isn't quite there is maybe Byron Buxton. But this year he's finally hitting well. Yeah, he's popping he's this year. Around. Um, the guy I think of is the I'm going to forget his name now. Um, who was the really big third baseman on the Astros who got called up and was supposed to be good and then completely flamed out? Oh, I don't remember. Alex Bregman changed that story. Right, exactly. So, <laughs> but that's my, he's the guy I always think of. Well, I, I can't remember his name right now. That that flamed out when he had a lot of expectations. But, oh, John Singleton, that was his name. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that guy. Um, But every guy who's come up with expectations has done something with them within the first couple of years. I'm not talking immediate. Some guys struggle right away. Mm -hmm. Some get sent back down again and up again and down right. again and up again. Mike Trout was sent down after his Gio first, his first time Gio Urshela, I'm looking at you. The, uh... Yandy Diaz, I'm looking at you. <laughs> but I think generally they're having more success because they're being put into better situations to succeed and also because teams are committing to young guys way more. Well, No longer do they have the shortest leash ever because they've got a veteran coming back from the DL, the IL. Um, I'm never going to get that. I'm calling it DL. I'm never going to get it. The We should talk about that at some point. <laughs> But I, I think they're they're giving these guys more leash too, which is also helping. Real real quick before we get out on this segment, uh, I wanna I wanna ask this question though. We're not almost all of these guys I'm seeing on this list didn't deal didn't have to go through the Chris Bryant treatment, the Frankie Lindor treatment of we know you're ready, we know you're gonna be great, but I'm not calling you up until I get that control. These guys, a lot of these guys on this list I'm looking at, some of these guys signed multi-year deals. Right away. Right away. Yeah. Like, teams locked them up. Why is that the case? Is it to show these guys we're invested in you and don't just play for us for four years and then run to the Yankees? I mean, it's not fair to just bash on your team, but you know the, the, the thought I mean. Is it to kind of say, here's your money now? Because they made Chris Bryant wait, and he was ready to go. And it was a it was a damn near like suing the MLB on on behalf of the MLBPA to say like this is manipulation at its finest and this is not cool. And these guys are all coming up. Well, it's like you don't have to bring Austin Riley up, sit him in the minors for two years, and you have him for eight. Well, but Vlad and didn't, Austin Vlad didn't get called up right away. They did that with Vlad. They did do it with Vlad, but they didn't do it with Tatis Jr. They didn't do it with Pete Alonso. They didn't do it with Eloy Jimenez. I'm I'm curious as to why teams are willing now to just say, yeah, let's do it. I don't need to wait on you. Let's I think it go. depends on the tra trajectory of those teams, too. If you're good and you can wait and hold off to bring up Vlad Guerrero Jr., not that the Blue Jays were great, but up until this year, the Blue Jays were a competitive team for a long time. And um, 
they didn't need him right away, right? Obviously, he would have helped, but it wasn't as necessary, whereas the Padres... Beat the Yankees today. Yes, they did, and he did. Um, But the Padres are saying, we're popping now with young guys, so Tatis needs to come up. And I, I think that... That's a little bit of a difference, too. Fair point. When we come back, I want to go through some of these guys just for funsies because there's so many names on this list, and they're all over the place in terms of positions and what they can do. I'm really curious to hear from you, Mike, and from any of you guys out there, 55305 uh, is the text line on who are the guys that you want to get into. We'll do that next on Portland Sports Leader 1080 The Fan. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan. That was even good timing, too, huh? It's like I've heard that song once or twice. (laughs) We got Fair Foul coming up here in about 15 minutes, and then we'll mail this bad boy in. Oh, yeah, Fair Foul. One last shout-out to the Beers on Us podcast. We haven't recorded it yet, but I'm really excited for it. I think it's going to be really fun. Portland Beer Week is a really cool thing. Uh, it makes me sad that I work in beer because I can't go to all the cool things that are going on. But most of you guys out there listening, you know, a lot of you guys got uh, the free time in the uh, early evening to go go to seminars and, and tastings and events. And uh, I hope you guys you guys all have fun. So check that out tomorrow around four o'clock. Uh, we were talking about we're continuing uh, this discussion about these young players in baseball, which. Real quick, before we get into these guys, and I don't want to waste too much time because I really want to get in these guys. This is. Probably one of my most favorite things that's happened in baseball in a long time. Like Just this, the, the research or the... The onslaught, as I want to call it. It's not really of, a resurgence, yeah. This onslaught of young players in baseball. And they're all so exciting. And so many of them hit so many home runs, which, you know, I'm I'm not the, the biggest home run dude per se. But there's no lie that home run is sexy and exciting. And it gets people wanting to go to games and... And I feel like this group of guys that we're seeing could create a future of baseball that could send it into a resurgence we haven't seen in 20 years. Uh, maybe. I mean, I'm being optimistic. I'm being super optimistic about this. I just this. remember saying the same thing two or three years ago when the Correas and the Bryants and the judges were all coming up and were like, this is going to send baseball into a resurgence. There was only like four dudes. I got 20 dudes on this Yeah, but list. there wasn't. There was more than four. Okay. It, we just were really excited about it. And did it help? Maybe. But full resurgence it might take a bunch of other things to happen for that too. But yeah, I mean, it's it. what I like about it is that we're going to get longer careers out of these guys because they're coming up at the age that they're coming up. Uh, Yeah, I agree. And I I think what's really cool is in that conversation we were talking about the Correa's, the Bregman's, you know, the, the Frankie Lindor's and, and some of those guys, it's going to be really cool in like five years to see those guys when they're in their like super prime and these young kids trying to say like, Hey, Mike Trout, I'm pretty good too. And it's like, no, you're Mike a- Trout's fading and he's no longer as good. And all of a sudden it's like Acuna is the yeah. new Mike Trout. Yeah, exactly. Although he won't cause Mike Trout's the greatest ever, but, uh, but you know what I mean? Like I, other times undefeated. I, I know, I know. I, I'm Unless in your this, name is Tom Brady. I'm in this situation and we'll get into these guys here after, after I say this, I'm in this situation where I almost want to like close my eyes for five years. Like just 
time travel. It's called a coma. Fast forward, go into a coma and wake up in five years. Be like, who's the front runner for the MVP? And they're going to be like, Austin Meadows, duh. Haven't like, you seen them? What have you been in like a coma or something? Like that's how pumped. you're like, yes. The last time I was awake, <laughs> he was just traded to the Rays from the Pirates and was raking, but and I didn't maybe know how worst, he was going to do. And maybe the worst trade I've seen in a long time. Chris Archer still had a six ERA <laughs> in Pittsburgh and Glassnell, although hurt, was pitching very well. And there go. Glassnell's out for the rest of his career with 500 torn UCLs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But Austin Meadows, that guy. But I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's how exciting this is, is that I want to see. And I want to go through the list of some of these guys. And I, and, and after I go through the list of some of these guys, I want to kind of talk about the ones that really stand out to us. Uh, the big guys at the beginning of the year, Fernando Tatis Jr., um, Eloy Jimenez. Uh, we saw some guys. Padres, White Sox, for those who don't know. We saw some guys that played last year that were including on this list because it's their second year. Ronald Acuna, as we've talked about. Braves. Claybear Torres. Yankees. Uh, Yuan Moncada. White Sox. Uh, and then we, Austin Meadows, who was Pirates, to now Rays. Uh, Rays. Uh, and then we get this influx of Vlad Guerrero Jr. Blue Jays. Pete Alonzo. Mets. Austin Riley. Braves. Uh, Mike Chavez. Uh, Chavis. Chavis. Excuse me. Yeah, Red Sox. We got Biggio's kid. Blue Jays. Uh, Soroka. Mike Soroka, Braves. Freed. Max Freed, Braves. And then uh, we're just going to kick it in the uh, National League East for a minute. Uh, Juan Soto. Nationals. Victor Robles. Nationals. And then Senzel. Reds. Reds. Like, that is 16 people on this list are all the guys, and I really hope we're not missing anybody. We probably are just from doing this purely based on our memory, but – Think about all of those players, and there's really only one on that list that I'm uh, not really sure about, and that's uh, Kevin Biggio. Mm-hmm. We, we, I would agree. We put him on there because he's Biggio's kid, right? And that's kind of cool and interesting. And there's Bo Bichette in the minors for I the know. Blue Jays right now. Too. I know. Um, they were just like, "Oh, your dad played? Yeah, you can come with us." <laughs> <laughs> but beyond that, all the players that you mentioned are looking as if they could reach heights. Of the all-star, at least a minimum all-star, all-star level. I'm willing to say that there are two Hall of Famers on this list. Okay. I don't know who. This list is too good. There might be more than two. They're all too good right now. I would say minimum two, two guys. Yeah, you're probably right. For those who don't know who Austin Riley is, by the way, because I didn't know until he was called up. He's on the Braves, and he's hit, like, nine home runs in his first nine games. That's an exaggeration, <laughs> but he every time I look up, he's home he's just I, I listen to Buster Olney's podcast every single morning. And Does he do one every day? Every Well, weekdays, not on the weekends. But, wow. yeah, basically Monday through Friday. Sometimes it's only four out of five. Sometimes he takes Friday off. Uh, but I listen to Buster Olney uh, every single week, and he's always got Carl Ravitch on and Tim Kirkshin and and Book Shambi and some other people. Uh and it's great. And he is obsessed with Austin Riley. <laughs> They're also obsessed with Max Freed, too. So they like the Braves' future. Well, and Acuna <laughs> and Soroka. Well, you just like those and dudes o- because they're good. And Ozzy Albies. Yeah. Dansby Swanson's having a good year, too. That he is. Freddie Freeman's still there. Well, because he's going to be the OG. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, they have Brian McCann, which makes me mad. <laughs> yeah, but he's probably growing a beard right now. He probably already has it's one. probably like six inches longer since we started this uh, radio show. Whoa. Uh, so I would say well, sometimes it's all it takes. Uh, of all these guys that we've gone through, Mike, who are some of the guys that stand out to you? Uh, option A is Acuna. He 
we all know how good he was projected to be last year, and he came up and lived up to it almost immediately. I would agree. And he has continued. I think he's having a little bit of a slower year this year to start. Sophomore slump. I'm going to double check that because I don't have the stats in front of me. But um, I just haven't seen as much about him this year, I guess is probably the better thing to say. But I, I think he is some kind of a special player. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's not having a bad year. Uh, 281 compared to 293 last year. Already 11 bombs. He had 26 last year. And 34 RBIs, basically half of what he had last year, and he's only played 59 games. So and he's, he's And he's holding down center field, correct? Uh, that I don't know. It says left field, but somewhere in the outfield. He probably rotates around. I like him a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, outside of that, I'm a little bit in a wait and see mode with a lot of these guys in terms of who I fall in love with. Mm -hmm. uh, I've enjoyed watching Vlad Jr., but he hasn't impacted me the same way I thought he would. Like, I thought I would love him immediately. The hype train was big. And he's not exactly like his dad, which is what I was really hoping for because I wanted the kind of wild swings and the, the just there was a personality to his dad that I'm not sure I've seen yet. Um, his, his dad also was flashy in the way he played, not in the way he acted, to where Vlad Jr. is a little flashy in the way he acts. It might be. I, like I said, I haven't watched him enough to fully make – I think I've seen him like – Four or five games this year. Confirmed Acuna plays center because Riley plays left and Marcakis plays right. There's the OG. There's Nick the OG. Marcakis. Um, I'm very interested 30, in Senzel. 35-year-old Nick Marcakis. Because of his power, because I think that could make him a five-tool player. He's, mm -hmm. They moved him to center field because they have Eugenio Suarez at third. He's played fine out there. He's got speed. He's got contact. He's got power. I kind of like the I like the five-tool potential guys that are on this list. Mm -hmm. So... To me, that's that's a good two places to start. Uh, I actually really like the Nationals kids, Juan Soto and Victor Robles. I think both those guys are really great, and they got Trey Turner at Soto short. Soto reminds me of how Vlad played. Yeah. A little bit of that flashy in totally. his style of play. And, and, you know, and Trey Turner's been in the league for a few years, but, you know, those are young guys that are right there that could be the future of the Nationals, which I really like. Um, I hate to say this, but Glaber Torres and Chavis – Red Sox, Yankees kids, they both play second. They're both really good. They're both really good. Uh, my guy on this list, I love Pete Alonzo just because he hits home runs. You love Pete Alonzo. I love Pete Alonzo, and I have no reason why. Like, literally no reason why. I'm not like, well, you know, he's really patient on curveballs. No, that's not it. You've I've just, just seen his home runs. I've just seen his home runs. I'm like, I like that guy. Uh, I'm a big, 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 big. I would say of all these dudes on this list, you're right with Acuna. He is probably the most established of everyone on this list. Um, but I am a big Austin Meadows guy, too. I oh, like yeah. him. I like him a you lot. You liked him on the Pirates, too. I loved him on the Pirates. I was like, this kid's going to be something. And then the Pirates traded him, and I was like, he went to Tampa? God, he's going to die there. No one's ever going to know what he is. And if he can stay healthy and continue to play, he could be the American League MVP. He won't die, but no one will know who he is. Well, they might make the playoffs, baby. You watch yourself. And then no one will know who he is. Yeah, I know, right? But then, the Rays. but then he'll play center field for the Yanks, and everyone will know who he is. But if Tampa moves to Portland, then guess who's your new Portland oh, center goodness. fielder? If Tampa moves to Portland, I'm buying an Austin Manage jersey that day. Sign it up. And then you want to get like a Tyler Glass now jersey? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I will 100% get an Austin Manos jersey and a Tyler Glass now jersey. You're totally right, Mike. You know me. I do. We've been doing this long enough. I do. And I'm going to go to the game wearing the Glass now jersey 
backwards. So it says Glasnow on my chest and the Austin Riley jersey Meadows. with a Austin Meadows jersey with a sign that says, Thank you, Chris Archer. You suck. As you slowly burn all your Indian shirts because you've switched allegiances to Easy, your easy. That's only because Frankie Lindor plays shortstop for the New York Yankees. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I think I think there's very I think this list is a bigger list than I've ever seen. And I think the reality is is it may not be sexy to somebody that wants to watch Steph Curry shoot threes all day and has forty seven points tonight, and they're probably gonna lose because they're a little outmatched today. This is the reason why baseball should be on your radar right now. These guys are going to be good. There's so many of them. Get it on the ground floor and say that you were there when exactly. you when you saw Vlad Guerrero Jr. hit his first career home run. You were there. Yeah. Eight the, years from now when he is an MVP candidate, you're going to say, I remember when the Blue Jays waited too long to call him up because they were jerks. Yep. Be, be a kid whose dad is a diehard San Diego Padre fan and say, I was there when I watched Francisco Mejia and Fernando Tatis Jr., uh, and then we got Machado, and all of a sudden we we're good again. Like, be that guy. This is the future of baseball right now, and I don't think there. I don't think there's been something that excites me more about baseball than this in a very long time. I also like Max Fried. Uh, when we come back, we will do fair or foul, and then we'll wrap this bad boy up. And before we do that, as always, there's my man with Joe with sports. Is it fair? Oh my That's goodness! That's a fair ball. Or is it foul? Well, he thought it was foul, I think. A knowledge test for Patrick and Mike to see how well they know the big leagues. Mathematics and strange symbols now as far as Major League Baseball is concerned. The OBP and the SLG and the ISO and the, you name it. And what our distinguished hosts think about the stories that popped up around the big leagues. Peralta knocks it into center. David tonight, two for two, a leadoff single here in the fourth. And nobody noticed. This is Fair or Foul on the... The Hot Corner on 1080 The Fan. Eight thirty-eight here. This is Fair or Foul. Without further ado, we turn it over to our fantastic producer, the hardest working man here at 1080 The Fan, Mr. Joseph Fisher the Third. Sweet. I share that title with like four other people. I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm a lover, not a hater, man. <laughs> All right. So one domino fell today. That was Craig Kimbrell signing with the Cubs. Whoa. That was uh, kind of a, what is it, alliteration? What is it, the C-K and a C? Craig Kimbrell with the Cubs. That would be alliteration. Yes. That would be alliteration. Yes. Um, so that's one pitcher down. Fair or foul. Keichel will sign by next Wednesday. Another domino going to fall? Fair, yeah. Yeah, you think so? I think he'll probably sign in like two days. Because the talk yesterday was, it felt like it was almost a sure thing the Yankees were going to get him yesterday. So I'm assuming that means it's going to happen quite soon. All, all these teams were waiting for was the June 3rd or 4th deadline to pass. Right. right. So I'm now assuming who's going to fork over the dollars, get the get the script right. I think you're going to see it in a couple of days. So fair. I'm going to say foul because next Wednesday they're going to draw it out. And my Milwaukee Brewers going to swoop in and grab him Wednesday during the show. After the show. That's not going to happen. Right after the show. I'm trying to think of Go who, Brew Crew. I'm trying to think of who I would want to sign Keiko the most. Definitely not the Yankees. I want the Brewers to sign him and then Twins, trade. Braves, Yankees are the favorites. I want I definitely don't want the Twins to get Dallas Keiko. If the Twins get Dallas Keiko, I'm not coming in next week. Give me the Twins. Joe will host next week. <laughs> and I'll push buttons. I don't uh, even know the buttons to push, but I'll do it. Speaking of good pitchers, fair or foul. 
The only players with 100 strikeouts this season are on two teams, and there are four of them. Fair or foul, the only players with 100 strikeouts, four of them, are on two teams. Oh, no. Right? Oh, no. Right? This is a tough one. This is one of the hardest ones you've presented us with, Joe. I think Justin Verlander has 100 strikeouts. I think Max Scherzer has 100 strikeouts. Are you talking pitchers or hitters? Pitchers. Um, oh, no. I am going to go... Wait. I'm going to go with fair, but I won't say my guys yet, so I'll let you think. Good thing there's music. Yeah, I'm going to say Fair. I've got I I because I do think Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander. I might be wrong on both of them, but I like my other two guys that are on the same team, which is why I'll say fair. I'm gonna say foul because I'm gonna go different because I don't know. I don't know the answer to this question. I'm gonna say fair because I think the most strikeouts in baseball right now are Verlander, Max Scherzer, Jacob Degrom, and Noah Syndergaard. He said four. There's two teams only. The oh, top four two are on only? two teams only. Well, that's two teams. Wait, no, it's the Mets, no, the Nationals, three teams. Well, oh. and the Astros. Oh, dang, then I don't know. I'm oh. going to say fair just to be contrarian. You're right. How about nice. that? God, I'm so smart. <laughs> Here's me with pitchers again. I'm so smart. Well, you got uh, Verlander and Scherzer, right? And then their teammates, You're Steven telling me Strasburg. Strasburg and Garrett Cole? Yes, sir. Gross. Strasburg is such trash. Scherzer's got 117. Garrett Cole, one, uh, 116. I would not say that. Strasburg at 104. I literally went with my Jacob deGrom love. That's all that was. Justin Verlander, 103. Who is after them? Do you have the rest? Yes, at 98, Chris Sale. And I don't know. I'm pretty sure Chris these. Sale since when? He had He's a, been much better lately. He had an immaculate inning tonight, by the way. Oh, give me this immaculate inning. He's been trash. Second in the same season since Lefty Grove did it in 1938. <laughs> but then he got uh, Chris Sale, Matt Boyd, Trevor Bauer. That's what um, I was looking for was Matthew Boyd. Oh, I Matt was like, Boyd, yeah. I was like, is he going to sneak into this top four and interrupt uh, boys? Justin Bieber's cousin, Scott Bieber? Shane, Shane Bieber. Bieber. Oh, okay, Shane Bieber. The That's Biebs, dude. You just named two Indians in the top ten. Oh, yep. We're going to trade Bauer at the deadline. Yes, I did. Um, and yes, we'll you take will. Vlad Jr. How about Carlos well, Carrasco? You know, what the hell's going on there, man? He's got a blood clot. Easy man. It's not baseball related. With the blood condition. Condition. Easy man. It's a condition, dude. Maybe he's got too much TC, THC in the blood. Who knows? <laughs> Leave him alone. Whoa. All that would certainly right. be a condition. Now, uh, moving on to the state of Florida, where two of their teams are having really different seasons. Um, the Rays doing pretty well. They got some See? good. Got some good pitching going on. Um, last now. The, Charlie Morton. The Marlins, eh, not so much. No, not been very good. So fair or foul, the Tampa Bay Rays have given up less runs than the Marlins have scored this season. That's foul. The Marlins have been so hot the last three weeks, they cannot stop hitting. And the Rays pitchers have not been as good as advertised outside of Glasnow, and he's hurt. I'm going to say foul. This is the second time on this show today that Mike has told me that the Marlins are killing it. And Mike is not an irrational guy. I am an irrational guy. Therefore, I will side with Michael Lynch on this and say it's foul. 
right? You said foul? I said foul. Yeah, I'm with Mike on this. Because, I think the Marlins have because, recently passed that total. Because, Mike, this, like I said, this is the second time you've been like, the Marlins are killing it right now. And it's like, dude, that is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. That's like, that's like the Orioles had a killer draft last night, and they're going to totally rake in five years. Like, you um, saying that the Marlins are playing well? I'm going to believe you. They have won seven of their last nine games. Seven of nine? Who'd they play? I know they're playing the Brewers. They played the Nationals, the Padres, the Giants, and the Brewers. Two of those teams are really bad. Two of them are pretty good. The Padres are... And here's their last four games. Nine to three, nine to three, 16 to nothing, and eight to three. Wins, all wins. Hell yeah, Marlins. That 11-run inning for the Marlins. This is clearly foul. I don't know what I'm talking about, but two at its fair... The Rays have given up 198 runs this year. The Marlins have scored 213. That's what I said. That's what we were saying, I think. The Rays have given up less runs than the Marlins have scored. Oh. I thought you said the Marlins had scored less runs than the Rays had given up. Never listening to Michael again. No. Well, technically, I was right. I just heard the question wrong. Now, that's... uh, Two questions Patrick didn't hear right tonight versus one Mike didn't hear right. It's an A-bomb from A-Rod. You guys are just on top of your game tonight. Mike gets that. We also won 11-3. to three. All right. Well, we'll uh, finish finish this up with a uh, hot debate to get your blood boiling. Um, Bryce Harper is the best player in baseball history. So, the AA Hartford, the AA Hartford Yard Goats were facing the Trenton Thunder last night okay and i believe it was that uh they're actually 13 and 5 in their last 18 games the Marlins. The, the yard goats had a three nothing lead in the ninth inning a combined no hitter as well okay two outs to go combined no hitter what was the score three, again? No, three nothing okay so with one out left or with one out in the ninth a dude for uh the trenton thunder lays down a bunt the pitcher goes to scoop Jerk. Can't get the out. The combined no-hitter is no more. Trenton went on to win the game still, but fair or foul. Wait, Trenton won? They're the ones who bunted. Or excuse me, the Yard Goats won 3-0, I believe, in that game. But fair or foul, do you bunt in that no-hitter situation? Foul, foul. I have a question. I have a question. Foul. (laughs) Okay, what's your question? Did the Bunty score a run? Ooh. No. What was the final score? 3 nothing. 3 nothing. Yeah. So that bunt got him on first, and he didn't do anything with it. That is, my friends, literally, if you open up a book called the Dictionary, that is under the phrase Bush League. Without a doubt. You're laying down a bunt. You're losing 3-0, man. You need to get on base. You can't even guarantee that bunt's going to get you on base, bro. Swing. Swing. I, Put one into left field. We talked about this on primetime. Yeah, but those guys don't watch baseball, no, so no, no, they don't no, know no. anything. I'm not talking about them, although they did disagree with me. Generally, it's like 95-5 against us in this sense. And I think most of the explanations for why we don't want someone to bunt in that situation, they're pretty hard to argue because you can kind of poke holes in them all you want. But to me, the way I look at it is very simple. It's an unwritten rule in baseball. You don't bunt to break up a no-hitter late in the game. If it's the fourth inning and you don't know it's going to be a no-hitter and you bunt and you break it up, who cares, right? You don't know. But you do not bunt to break up a no-hitter in the ninth inning. 
it's bad sportsmanship in baseball to do that. I actually am going to go on a completely different route than you, Mike. It is the ninth inning. You are losing by three, and there's one out. A bunt is not what you need right now. That's piss poor management. That's that's just them trying to break up the, the exactly. No that's being an a hole for no reason than being an a hole. If you don't want to get no hit, then swing the bat. Okay, it's that simple. Like I well, get I the unwritten tr- rule aspect because I'm with you, Mike. Like the unwritten rules, I, I I like some of them. I hate some of them, but the most part, I'm an old curmudgeon, so I like them. I like most of them because they make baseball unique. Right, and even this, if some of them are old fashioned, this is just hot garbage. This is you being a jerk, and the jerk store has sold out of you. You know what? This is uh, fair. Don't be mad. Be better. Don't play or hate. Participate. All right. When we come up, we will mail this bad boy in. This is the hot corner. Ten eighty. The fan. Yeah. 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 This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan. Sunshine moment. Whoopsies. I didn't mean to click it. One shining moment. That's a pretty good one right there. Is that the same as the drop? Yeah. That's actually a better one. See Joe like creeping in with the mouse. He's like, hmm. I am so excited to slurp up my favorite pitcher in baseball. Where did that one come from? I know I'm talking about Jacob DeGrom. I know I'm talking about Jacob DeGrom that right there. Is, um, that was one of the best teases. Wow. <laughs> one best segment teases in the history of this show. That was a tease? <laughs> yeah. Well, and- if people were listening to that and didn't stay tuned through the commercial break, they don't know. know what they were missing. Well. Some hot slurp action. You got my ratings this next segment. And a half hour later, it's still in your mouth. Oh, that's a good one, too. Dang, man. Why is everything about my mouth? Nom, nom, oral, nom. oral fixation? Everything is about my mouth. Oral fixation. Yeah, I suppose that's true. Do you want to know? Speaking of oral fixation, I quit smoking cigarettes. I know. Isn't that rad? Hey, good do you, job. Do you, feel, hey. do you feel like you've reached a point where you can say you're done, done, or are you still fighting it? I'm still fighting it. Okay. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Cool. How long has it been? Uh, We're, we're like creeping on two weeks now. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. And Impressive, you're, sir. you're doing the wean yourself off, right? You're not taking any sort of patches or pills. Nope. You're just kind of slow. You Last time I saw you, you had one in the whole day. And that's where I am. But I went from like a 10 in a day to one. So like I cut back really hard. So when are you thinking you're going to commit to no? None in a day. Um, I haven't had a cigarette today. Well, it's already almost 9 p.m. This could be your day. I know, I know. But I got a lot of S to do tonight when I get home. So you're thinking that maybe a, a heater will take some of the tension uh, off? Like the victory lap, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. It, it's it, This it, could be the day, dude. It's it's crazy. It's No pressure. But. Um, I I light up, and they taste really bad. And I think it's because I don't have – I'm not constantly rocking my palate with it. So your palate gets adjusted. Um, Although it's like – I feel like I'm taking like a two month, three month step back at work when it comes to like tasting panel and things like that, because I'm dealing with this whole new palate. Like food and beer tastes so different right now. Probably better, right? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything is just like 
more of an explosion, but it's like, whoa, okay, wait, 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 what am I tasting? Hmm, I taste a little bit of uh, garlic here, possibly a little bit of tobacco as well. Yeah, I, like I made, I made waffles the other morning. My girlfriend got me a waffle maker for, uh, for my birthday. And I made some waffles and I put some peanut butter and some syrup on it. I was like, this is the greatest waffle I've ever had in my entire life. Let's sprinkle no, some just, tobacco on there. No, it's just because you're actually tasting things. First girlfriend mentioned on the show, by the way. Oh, holla for a dollar. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. All right. Well, we'll come back next week. Uh, we'll deal with something, I guess. I mean, hopefully I survived the gorge. You'll be fine. Good news is, good thing I don't do drugs anymore. Otherwise, the dead at the gorge, like wow, that's that, that's a cruising for a bruising. That's, that's a hazy weekend if you ever yeah, had yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I won't do not that. in the way of the bad beer style. Yeah, you gotta so just you gotta clench your fist real tight and make sure it's popping out, and you just bam. Uh, so we'll be back next week. Please check out the Beers on Us podcast, which will drop tomorrow around four o'clock. Uh, which we should love be you. should be a good one. And rate, subscribe wherever you find podcasts. We'll do that for Joe Fisher, Mike Lynch. I'm Patrick Harris. Go do something I would do, like better yourself and, I don't know, quit smoking cigarettes. Holla!